before we start, just to reiterate something that uh, we've been praying about as a church. It's also been brought to my attention by people that is regarding the reverence to the word of God in our church. It's been brought to our attention and we've noticed that we seem to be going the other way when it comes to the word of God. The time for singing, we are very active, we sing, we do, but when it comes to the word of God, people are just completely distracted. Uh, some of the preachers here have told me that because they sit here and we see the congregation, the reflection, the attention we give to the word of God is very little. And uh, that is really sad for me as an elder here. It's really, really sad. I want to see a church where people, not in words, but people have their heart in the word of God. That's the only hope here. Otherwise, we can sing, it's good. But there's time where God speaks to us as well. This word. When the word was given, around the mountain, people were not allowed to touch the mountain. They stood at a good distance because God had come down on that day. And God was giving his words. And people were attentive. And this word has been put in writing for us. This word is living and sharp. This word converts souls and gives wisdom to the simple. When it come to myself, remember what I told you. I have nothing against the unsophisticated people, but I'm asking the congregation to slow down, to be simple, because it's very difficult. If you are an a sophisticated person, you may have problem to listen to me, because I am unsophisticated. So just let be on the same pace and go down simply and let be in agreement in these things. The reason why I'm saying these things to you and I'm talking to you from my heart as an elder in this church, without reverence to the word of God, we won't go nowhere. People are laboring very hard, all the teachers in this church. I know them working very hard to build up the church. But I don't seem to see that the kind of response I want to see from a church. I don't seem to see that. I don't seem to see a follow-up in the word of God. I don't seem to see there's never question, there's never discussion about the teaching, there's nothing. No, that's not what we want to see. We want to see people receiving the word of God, number one, gladly, recognizing it as the word of God, which it is, and then live by it. For man shall not live by bread alone. If we want to move forward with God, the word of God might be on the center, at the center of everything we do. Decision making, Plans, prayers, worship, everything must be validated by the word of God. If we want to move forward, we need to read, we need to meditate, we need to hear, we need to teach. We need to witness it's all about the word of God. As a church. It's very important, friends. I'm saying that because I feel in my heart. I've been saying that to quite few people that I feel that I want to see a church that grow in the word of God. We don't want just to make research and to present to you sermon and you people are happy for some time and then... They, no. We want the word of God that fulfills its purpose. And then 
the Lord will bring increase. The Lord will bring growth because he will do it. Because that's what his word fulfilled. But are we ready to embark in that project with God? Are we ready to be part of that project? I said it in Tuesday, on Tuesday, I'm repeating today. Are we ready to embark in that project with God? With what God is about to do in this place? Because God will not leave us. He will visit us. He will build this church. It is his church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to bless you once again this morning. We say thank you for your word that is living, sharper than any two-edged sword. But we pray that it will fulfill its purpose in our lives. In the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, last time we looked at uh, the battle. The battle is the Lord. And we concluded by something that the Lord was Yahweh Nisi. Yahweh Nisi. Today we continue with the journey of the children of Israel, which is also our journey because. Um, Egypt represents the world. And the promised land Canaan represents our destination, that is heaven. So we've been delivered from Egypt and we are on our way to heaven. So we can learn a great deal from what happened in the desert with the children of Israel. So we will have two main reading today. I'm just quoting for you something very quickly. In Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 we read this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And we love singing that with action. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Proverbs 18, verse 10. Question. How safe are we? How safe are you? If you feel tired, if you feel sleepy... Is not a sin. You can stand up, stretch yourself, and sit down again. You can drink water. You can stretch yourself. You're allowed to do that. It's better than sleeping. We've only started. I can see you. Sorry, but uh, we have to do something about these things. <laughs> We've been praying about the uh, against a sleeping and slumbering church. And we can see those things, they are not honorable to God. Prepare the service from home. Sleep well. Wake up well. Pray for the service. And then be ready for the service. It's only two hours, dear brother. Amen. Bear with me. How safe are you both now and in eternity future. How safe are you? How safe are we today and in eternity future? The passage we've just read says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it. Yesterday we discussed something uh, at home with the family. <laughs> I've heard quite a lot about God is on my side. I heard quite a lot about that. Lord, I know you are on my side. Well, it's not sin to say that, but it's not biblically sound. Oh, 
God, you on my. There is a song in Nigeria. He's always on my side. Always on my side. Really? You say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In French, we say a text out of context is a pretext. There is a whole context of obedience for those promises to Joshua. I know, I read the Bible too. It's in Hebrew 13. But it's a quote from Joshua 1. In the context of obedience, do not depart either to the left or to the right. It's in the context of obedience. He's always on my side. Lord, you're always on my side. Well, this is time for choice. Moses stood up and told the people of Israel, Be on the Lord's side. Joshua stood one day and said, Choose today whom you want to serve. Do you want to be on the Lord's side? Or on the side of the God your father served on the other side of the Jordan, the river Jordan? It is we who need to choose which side. God will not follow us in our dead ends. That's why I'm telling you those things have an appearing, an appearance of wisdom, but they are not biblically sound. So as so many things believers say sometimes, because they make us feel good, you're always on my side. Always. When are we going to choose to be on his side? When? This is time for choice. I love that song, Who is on the Lord's side? This is time for choice. On the day when the Lord had delivered David from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, David spoke to the Lord the words of his songs. About a year ago, I gave a talk on this, if you remember. Um, I think it was the sorrows of the Sheol. That's where we look at this topic. This song was from David. It's in Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 2, but it's also in Psalm 18, verse 2. The song of David on the day when the Lord delivered him. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, David had been through impossible situation. The intensity of the battle was fierce. I found this expression, David fainted. David almost died. He was battling one giant after another. He was so tired. He took his people to come and help him. The Lord was faithful and David sang this. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemy. Again, context. Context. These are not empty words. These are songs by people. It's It's the expression of a whole life. A song of the Lord's faithfulness. Question. What is the song of my life? What is the song of your life? And I'm linking this to the next question. How would you be remembered when your days are over? How would you be remembered 
Muhammad Ali was asked, how would you like to be remembered? He said, as the greatest. I think it's Ken Norton, another world box, boxing champion, was asked, how would you like to be remembered? He said, a champion who loved and feared God. But Muhammad Ali said, I want to be remembered as the greatest. Question to you this morning. How would you like to be remembered? In other words, how are you known today? How are you known? In your workplace? At school? In your wider family? How are you known? Because you see, we are called to be, we want to be blessed, but we are called to be a blessing. In French, une source de bénédiction, a fountain of blessing to others. Are you a fountain of blessing to this church? Are you a blessing to your family? Are you a blessing to your colleagues at work as a believer in God? Well, I'm not talking in words. I'm talking in practice. What is the song of our lives? Families have issues, a lot of issues in different families. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, are you still a blessing to your family? Are you part of solution in your family? Or are you adding to trouble in your family? What is the song of your life? The title of the topic today, The Lord is my deliverer and my salvation. Well, I miss the is. The Lord my deliverer and my salvation. It's the same. It's okay. The Lord is my deliverer and my salvation. After the Lord God had delivered his people Israel out of the wicked hand of Pharaoh from Egypt, as recorded in Exodus 14, he led his people safely and faithfully to the intended destination in the promised land. He revealed himself to them along the way of deliverance. In Exodus 3, when the Lord sent Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh, to go and deliver the people of Israel, he revealed his name. I am who I am. I am. Now, if you were the people of Israel, And Moses comes to you and say, I am have sent me. You will feel yourself, I what? I am have sent me. And then he expounds a little bit more. The God of Abraham, God of Isaac, the God of... But let's stand on the I am a bit. How do you think the Israelites would have reacted without any explanation from Moses? Who are you, Moses? Who sent you? I am. Doesn't make more sense to you, my question. I'm going to put it differently. 
Suppose you meet someone who looks at you and say, I love. And then continue to say repeatedly, I love. You meet the person in the street, I love. In the morning, I love. What would you feel about that person? Love is a good thing. But you love. If you say, I love cereal. Ah. I love you. Ah. Fix makes a bit more sense now. I am has sent me. They won't understand. Whatever God will say to them, they won't understand. People who don't believe in God don't know him. It doesn't matter. However good you explain to them, God is good, he delivers, he does it. It doesn't matter. They will not understand. The Lord takes them out of Egypt. He starts walking and leading them. Get before the Red Sea. They pass on dry ground. There on the other side, they look back. All the Egyptians, horsemen, chapters, Chariot? No. Choice chariot. Choice chariot. 600 of them drowned. And the Israelites look back and say, What? And they see all the dead body of the mighty Egyptians. Oh. Yahweh Tzavaot. In French we say Sabaoth. Tsevaoth. The Lord of hosts. They begin now to discover who is God. The Lord of hosts. They continue the journey. Get at Rephidim. There's no water. They complain a little bit, etc. Oh, Amalek. Fight. Battle. The Lord is with them. Moses is praying with her and, 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 uh, and, uh, and Aaron. And Joshua is winning the battle. Exodus 17. They win the battle. The Lord says to Moses, Tell Joshua. Recount to Joshua what has happened. And make a memorial. Because this Amalekite, you will not see them. I will fight them forever. Oh. Moses makes the altar and calls it Yahweh Nisi. Oh. The Lord is the one leading us. So the battle is under the Lord. They get to a place called Mara. Oh, we are so thirsty. They complain. There's no water. There's no water. Mara, water. Bitter water. They complain. The Lord say, no, don't do that. None of the plagues that afflicted the Egyptian will be with you. Because I am the Lord who heals you. Yahweh Rofeka or Rafa. God. So we've gone from Yahweh to Yahweh Nisi, Yahweh Tzavahot, Yahweh the Provider, Yahweh Yireh. God is revealing himself to his people as he's leading them on the way to the promised land. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, they are safe. Now and forever and eternally. 
the Lord my deliverer and my salvation. He was with them always as Yahweh the Lord. I am who I am. He fought for them as Yahweh Tsevaot, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies. He provided for all their needs as Yahweh Yireh, the Lord who provides. He healed them as Yahweh Rofeka, the Lord who heals them. He gave them victory as Yahweh Nisi, the Lord our banner. Exodus 17, verse 15. I think someone came to me, I think it's Joyce who came to me a few weeks ago and, and said to me, Oh, okay, Yahweh Nisi. But the Lord is also a deliverance. Is there a name for the Lord as deliverance? Well, I say I will get back to you. Give me some time. Yes, there is. Yahweh Mefalti. Yahweh Mefalti. The Lord our deliverance. That's what you find in Psalm 18 verse 2. That's what David was saying. The Lord is my deliverer. Yahweh Mefalti. The Lord who delivers me. The Lord my helper. The Lord my help. Yahweh Ezer. E-Z-E-R. Ezra. Yahweh Ezer. So you see that the Lord is all for us. That song say, all I have needed, thy hand had provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. What are we looking for outside? Having the Lord, having the name of the Lord with us. Why are we wandering around looking for what more? For we have all plainly in Christ. In him dwells bodily the fullness of the Godhead. We call that Christ sufficiency. Why are believers wandering around? Anxiety, anxiety, yoga, meditation, anxiety. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comfort delight my soul. He restores my soul. The word of God is living Powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, it can handle the matter of soul and spirit. But it has to be received mixed with faith. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. The word, the same gospel that is preached to us, was also preached to the Israelites, but it did not profit to them because they did not receive it mixed with faith. Faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. If we hear, we forget, we don't respect the word of God, we don't receive it gladly, then it's empty noise. We will not grow. We will go round and round while other people are growing and growing and growing and growing because they take God seriously. Man shall not live by bread alone. And food is meant to bring increase and growth and development. So the word of God is meant to cause growth in us. Maturity. More knowledge of Christ. More earnest prayer and service. 
Let me make a digression. I hear a lot about God, your will be done, your will be done, use me, do this, do that. I hear a lot of those. And I also hear a lot of the Lord broke me. I'm broken. Fake. A broken person don't talk about brokenness. People will see themselves as a broken life. They don't advertise their brokenness. Fake. A broken person, you will see that is a broken person. Someone who has been disciplined by God, you will see that that life there has been disciplined by God. If someone is saying, God is breaking me, God is breaking me, wait until we see the fruit of that. One who has been broken by God. What does the Bible say? Knowing the terror of God, we persuade other people. Someone who has been through that process is fearful of God. And he teaches the fear of God to other people because he's been through the process. Does not advertise their own brokenness. Fake. Brokenness? You're even afraid to talk about it. You're ashamed to talk about it. There's no strength left. The Lord my deliverer and my salvation. After delivering his people Israel, the Lord will now teach them his way. But the people will be very slow to understand and very undiscerning. But the Lord will patiently and gently correct them along the way for total deliverance. We have been saved by God. He is with us on the way to our destiny, final destination. But the Lord wants now to teach us his ways. Paul told Timothy, if I delay you will know how to conduct in the house of God, which is both the ground and the pillar of truth. There is a way of conducting in the house of God. Another digression. Someone who has just come in the church, either saved or not saved, they have their own concept of love. Is an example. Their love is Hollywood love. If they get married, the idea of love is Hollywood. They need to be taught how it works. They need to be taught even how to love. Did you know that? Did you know that the Bible says that all the women in the church have a specific ministry? To teach young wives how to love their husband. Do you know that? It's in the Bible? Aha. You think love is just random. No. There is a way of loving that we need to teach our young people, our young married couple, the ways of God. Otherwise, disaster upon disaster upon disaster upon disaster. They come with their own idea that love is kissing 24-7. No, it's not. It's not. In particular with the young girl when they're still with their parents looking after them nicely. Then you will have them for yourself for the whole life. Make them shine. There is a way. Love. It's hard work. I can see the face of the man here. It's hard work. Just read First Corinthians 13. Hard work. 
Love bears all things. That's more than kissing. Casual kissing. It's more serious. Love trusts everything. Huh. Love is patient. Okay, this is not a love sermon. Let me continue. <laughs> the point I'm making is that there is a way God takes his people and begin to teach even money, family wealth management. There is a biblical way of doing that. Handling the family in law. There is a biblical way of doing that. God wants to teach us all those things. Dear brother, you begin to see that these are not jokes. God wants to teach the people of Israel to rely on him, to trust him, to be holy. At this point, we can do our first reading. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Exodus. Exodus is the name given to the exit when they were coming out of Egypt to the promised land. It's called Exodus. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 to 16, verse 4. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 to 16, verse 4. So, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. Verse 24. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. Verse 26. And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandment and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptian, for I am Yahweh Rofeka, the Lord who heals you. 27. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. 16. And they journeyed from Elim, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Verse 2. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quarter every day, that I may test them whether they will work in my law or not. Yahweh Jireh in English. Yera, the Lord, the provider. Uh, it's a love affair between God and the children of Israel. Things might get worse on the way of deliverance. The Christian faith requires courage. To take up one cross and follow the Lord requires obedience and 
courage. Joshua needed strength and courage to observe the Lord's commandments. Do not forsake the assembly, to attend prayer meetings, to meditate the word of God, to care and pray for one another, to serve the Lord. All those things require courage and obedience. Family commitment, work demands, health challenges, laziness, pleasures, all these things make it difficult to love and to serve the Lord earnestly. Lack of thanksgiving and complaint against the Lord only worsened the situation. Dear brethren, to serve the Lord requires courage. The Lord promised to be with Joshua, but then he said, only be courageous. The blood that flowed out of Christ's body was not plastic blood. It wasn't toy blood. It was real blood. That means the pain was real. Therefore, to take up the cross required courage. And he said to us, take up your cross and follow me. In the challenge of bad weather, the weariness, the tiredness of the day, the demand at work, health challenges, to move our feet, to come to meet with the brethren, requires courage and commitment. In French we say, ce que le cœur aime fait marcher les pieds. What the heart loves make the feet to move. Lord, I love you. I say to our children, you can have all sorts of excuses for not coming to the church meetings. But if everyone has the same excuse, we're going to close the church. It takes people of courage. Sometimes I sit there and see people coming from work. Coming from work with their suits. They're very tired. Come to prayer meeting, prayer meeting. They come to work. See ladies, very tired, coming from work. I'm going to prayer meeting, I'm going to prayer meeting. Excuse upon excuse won't resolve the problem. We're just deceiving ourselves. Commitment, dedication, and courage is needed. It doesn't come naturally. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake your assembly. The Lord told Joshua, be of good courage. Courage is needed. The Lord told Joshua to be courageous for what? To observe God things. Hmm. He takes courage even to obey God. Why am I saying these things? Because of some form of gospel that is telling people, it doesn't matter, God will do it for you. You know, that Calvinistic view of things. You know, you can stand like this because God is doing everything for you. Now, you got to move, go to prayer meeting, you got to discipline your body, as Paul said, I discipline my body. I keep it under subjection, lest I do not be disqualified after having preached other people. Discipline is needed. Not excuses. It takes courage to do these things. The Holy Spirit is doing, the Holy Spirit is doing, yeah, the Holy Spirit is doing. But Paul told Timothy, what you've received from me, pass on to people who are able. We have the word able. Look in the congregation, the people who are committed with a genuine love for God and work with them. If you want them work to move forward. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, said the same. 
Moses, you can continue to do all this yourself. Choose people, do etc. Delegation, etc. Moses chose people. There is a choice involved. You look at people who love God. Trustworthy people. People who are committed to God. Then you take the risk to give them what to do in the house of God. Because they love God. Uncompromisingly. Even if they make mistake. But because they love God and they are obedient to God. God will correct them. And they will learn to serve the Lord. Lack of thanksgiving and complaint. I shared something last Tuesday. You might have heard me saying this before. When I teach here, when I preach here, I'm teaching to this church. I'm not preaching to someone in Canada. Well, some of them access online and they are edified, etc. That's fine. But I'm teaching to this church here. I heard someone saying, nothing is working in the church. Things are worse than before. I say, what is before? Which period are we comparing? I say, but we, we've just had a whole new group of people here who are serving the Lord. We have more preachers serving the Lord. And ministries, teaching ministries being encouraged and developed in the church. We're having the Holy Supper fortnightly. We've restored the offering collecting bag and I've been told that there's been impact on church finances. What are we comparing? What are we talking about? You see, I have to talk to you from my heart in order to correct things. Complaining. Worse than before. What are we comparing? What are we talking about? We're having regular leaders meeting in this church. Regular. Lack of thanksgiving is not good. Too much unnecessary complaint is not moving things forward. These people here, it was complaint after complaint after There is no pastoral care. That makes sense because there's no pastor. Who will do it? Everybody works full time. Men and women here do exceedingly great job. I've seen very busy brothers running to the church, but before doing that, going to collect other people and dropping them every day to every meeting. Well, may the Lord bless you, dear brother, for all that you're doing. I've seen sisters in this church following up new believers and helping them to be established in God things. May the Lord bless them. Do not give in to discouragement. Close the door on discouragement. We need people who encourage others. In Acts 16 verse 40, Paul, after prison, they went to the house of Lydia, and when they found the brethren in that house, they encouraged them. All about encouraging one another. I think the word, the word, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement. It's all about encouraging. Encouraging one another. I feel so weak. I'm not feeling well. God, we're going to pray together. The Lord will help you. Oh, I don't feel spiritual. Enough. The Lord will help you. I'm going to pray for you as well. I've been reading this verse. Maybe it will help you. Encouraging, 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 encouraging. I haven't seen anyone in the church on Sunday. I haven't seen that brother. Oh, I haven't seen that brother. Phone call. WhatsApp message. How are you? I did not see you. Encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. 
This is the household of God. God is the father here. There is no pastor. The pastor is Jesus Christ. The chief shepherd. We all come under his headship. The Israelites complained before deliverance. When Moses and Aaron went, they complained because the hardship increased. The quota of the bricks they had to make had increased. There was no raw material. They had to go everywhere to find stubs. Not straws, but stubs. It was so hard for them. They start complaining before deliverance. At the time of deliverance in front of the Red Sea, they complain again. Because they saw the army of Pharaoh coming. They complain. Now they are delivered. They cross the Red Sea. After deliverance, complain again. There's no water. The Lord gives water, it's bitter. The Lord says, yes, it's because I want to heal you with that. It's bitter, they drink, the Lord helps them. Oh, there's no food. Okay. Moses, I'm going to make bread, manna, rain from heaven. It's called the food of the angels. I'm going to give them. They give them supernaturally, miraculously. They start eating. After a while, oh, is this all there is? Complain. Complain. The Lord say, okay, I'm going to give meat. The Lord give meat. In Psalm chapter 78, read the full Psalm for yourself at home. The Bible says the meat was still in the belly. The Lord punished and judged. Remember what I told you about uh, what's that man again? Hezekiah, the miracle man who can make God change his mind irresponsibly. This is another one where people say you can pray and God will give you something he doesn't want to give you. That's fine. They call that prevailing prayer. If you do that, you cry too much, the Lord will fulfill your desire followed by a very serious judgment. For 40 years, the plan of the Almighty was to give them food from heaven. He knew the content of it. He knew that. He knew how good it was for them. No. They wanted meat. They wanted meat. They did not trust the bread that came from heaven. They wanted meat. Okay, let me jump the whole thing here. Move to something else. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11. Understand the mechanics behind all this. The idea behind this. Numbers chapter 11. <clears throat> Let's read from verse... Let's read from verse 1 to verse 5. Numbers chapter 11 verse 1. Now, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. His anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Taberah, because the fire of the Lord had burned amongst them. Now listen carefully. Verse 4. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumber, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all 
except this manner before our eyes, despising the word of God. Everything was okay before. Now this is all we have. Really? We know what happened in Exodus 5 and 6. Weeping them, increased labor forcing them, forced labor as you say in English, on them, taskmasters beating them. Now they are lying. It was all okay before. We ate leeks and onion and garlic and fish. They even say we sit at the pots of meat and bread. We had everything. Huh? Complain. Lies. Lust. Covetousness. Lack of thanksgiving of what God is doing. There is more to eat, dear brethren. Revisit again. Numbers chapter 11 verse 4. This is key. I came across a version of the Bible. I did not even know it existed, but uh, for the sake of uh, what I was uh, looking at, that version said this. Verse 4. Some foreigners amongst the Israelites had a strong craving for other kind of food. Aha. Foreigners amongst the children of Israel did not support, bear, enjoy, gladly receive the manna God had provided because they had strong craving for other kind of food. Can you see how serious this is? No? Other people amongst the people of God have a craving for different foods. Paul speaks of a different gospel. Another Jesus. Another spirit. We preach Christ. And Christ, the reason one. The Bible, the Bible only, the Bible again, the Bible always. We would rather have one person staying in the church who obey God than a church full of disobedient people who do not love the Bible. The Bible will prevail and will be the rule in every matter of the church in this place as well. Is the Bible or nothing? Why do you think all this happened? Because the children of Israel ate, they stood to entertain themselves, to dance, the Moabite, all the surrounding ladies, etc., get into it. You know, the Bible speaks here of mixed multitude. Mixed multitude. The version I've just quoted to you says foreigners. They were not people of God. They enter in by stealth and begin to push their agenda, resisting the word of God. Because they had uh, the other verse. Look at verse 6. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manner before our eyes. Now, the version I've just quoted to you says this. But we've lost appetite. We've lost appetite of God things. We now need to replace with something else. This man every day is boring. We need something else. We need something new. The Bible said, be a curse if anyone bring another gospel. In fact, there's no another gospel, Paul says. No, there's no another gospel. There are people who are trying to pervert the word of God. 
and present it as an alternative, as something else. And Paul say, I am jealous for you. I fear that in the same way the serpent deceived Eve, that your mind be corrupted. Should I say that again? I fear that in the same way the serpent deceived Eve, that your mind be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Notice the word mind. It's all about mindfulness these days. Mindfulness every day, everywhere. The word of God in the days of Paul, competitors were philosophers. In our day today, competitors are psychologists. It's called Christian psychologists to confuse people. We have to resist that to the end. The self-religion, self-top-up, self-esteem, self-self-self-self. No, the Bible says Christ emptied himself. We are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not filled with ourselves, ourselves. No, with the Holy Spirit. We are called not self-esteem, self-esteem. No, we are called to renounce it ourselves. And to yield and to commit our life to God. That's what we are called to do. I am stopping here. It looks like I will come back to this next time. The Lord our deliverer. He wants to bring the real deliverance to us. If we will allow him to do so. God will deliver us. He will teach us and show us his ways. On the way. To genuine true deliverance. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free from Christian psychologists, free from medium, free from crystal ball readings, free, 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 free indeed. Where there is the Spirit, where there is liberty, the Word of God brings freedom. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to bless you, Lord, this afternoon. We give you praise and we give you glory for the privilege you've given us, Lord. The revelation of the word of God by the Holy Spirit. We pray that, Lord, you fill us with the same eternal and Holy Spirit. That we will not be wandering around like children carried away by every wind of doctrines, Lord, we pray that we will be established, rooted, grounded, founded in your things. For your word is settled in heaven. And it came to us with thunderings and lightning blackness. Lord, it was a day to remember by the children of Israel and us today. The day when the Lord came down and gave his word. The word that is to be respected. To be received. For in your word, souls are converted. And the weak is strengthened. Lord, we call out to you for your grace. Teach us, Lord, to observe. To have reverence to your words. To love your word and to live by it. Help us, Lord, to read, to hear, to share, to meditate, to live by your word. Teach us, Lord, your word. We give you praise and we give you glory. And Lord, we want to commit this congregation unto your hands. And you pray, we pray that, Lord, you will create in us that renewed spiritual appetite for the things of God. That, Lord, we will be delivered from human reasoning and all kind of excuses and unnecessary complaints. That, Lord, we will take, make resolution with your help to love you, to follow you in such a time as this. Bless each one of us. Raise us up, Lord, and strengthen us, we pray. Bless this congregation. 
It is your church which you purchased by your own blood. Build us up, Lord, we pray. We are without strength. We need your help. Yahweh is there. The Lord, our deliverance. We need you, Lord, as a body. Bless each one of us. Strengthen each one of us. Lord, cause us to grow in the unity. But the unity in the truth. The truth of God. We give you praise and we give you glory. Be with each one of us. Lead us, Lord, over the coming week. And make your face to shine upon each one of us. Grant us victory over the works of the enemy. Deliver us, Lord, from his dead works. And grant us your victory. Bless each family. It's written, you send your word and heal diseases. We now commit, Lord, each one of us here. In particular, those who are unwell in their bodies. We call out to you, Lord, for your divine healing. Lord, have mercy. Deliver. Bring, Lord, a good health. We pray. By the power which you are able to subdue all things unto yourself. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all.